Hello, my name is Leah Thompson. As a graduate of Cary Christian School, I'm so honored to get to introduce you to our phenomenal group of teachers. On this week's podcast, we're going to talk with Colin Morgan about what it looks like to have conversations over origin in his 10th grade biology class. As you may know, this is a slightly controversial topic, and so I just thought I would open up this episode by reading a few articles from our bylaws. Our bylaws help govern how we run our school and what um, we value. So one article states, concerning the teaching of origins, we affirm that God created everything out of nothing and that he created it good. Christians have differed as to the age of the earth based upon the Genesis 1 account of creation. Various interpretations which affirm the inerrant character of Genesis 1 can be held by faithful Christians. Mr. Morgan does an incredible job of navigating that conversation with his students as they wrestle and engage in dialogue with him. As stated also in our bylaws, our hope for our students is that they are able to develop wisdom, discernment, and a love for learning. Children will be taught how to learn for themselves and how to express what they have learned, how to think rather than simply what to think. In any class, our students are presented with multiple sides of a conversation. We know that there's not just one side. Our hope is that specifically in this conversation, our students will get to see how special revelation, meaning scripture, and natural revelation, meaning the creation around us, both point to the same creator. I'm so excited for this conversation. Please join me in welcoming Mr. Morgan. Colin, thank you so much for joining us this morning on the podcast. I'm really excited that you're here, excited to kind of talk about... um, just the harder conversations that you have in specifically biology and I guess in chemistry too. I'm so curious, just some conversations that you have with them that one, help point them to Christ and two, just get them really thinking um, from different perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate that. Um, So in biology and also in chemistry so often, I think what we find a lot is the kids have a natural desire to know things about the world around them. And what we so often will have happen in biology is I'll say, hey, here's this really cool fact. And all of a sudden the whole class will perk up. And then out of nowhere, eventually, if I'm explaining it, does it's irrelevant, the apical tips of plants or whatever have you, one kid will eventually raise their hand. They're like, is this on the test? And I have that classic moment of, oh my goodness, there goes a moment. That's so cool. Um, I think the few moments that I see them go one step beyond, though, are the moments when we talk about kind of the hard things. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the big questions is classically, how do we get here? Mm-hmm. You know, what are we what are we doing on Earth? Why did God make us all this wonderful stuff? And to kind of start the framework of our conversation for today, I think where I want to land is if I could, is we always point them first to biblical truth. Mm-hmm. And in my class, we say so often if we want to use Colossians one sixteen as our basis. And it says, for in him, all things are created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers, Mm -hmm. what have you, and so on. They're all created through him. They're all created for him. That's kind of where we start Mm -hmm. to talk about a little bit of that kind of stuff. So one of the big things that I notice a lot is we will go everywhere we can with ideas of how we got here on the earth. My biology kids, we will explore every possible avenue and always rooted back in biblical truth. When we had our big day talking about the ideas of evolution, the Mm -hmm. ideas of creationism. We spent the first part of class reading through Genesis 
And in the second half of class, digging as far away from biblical truth as we could go, but always running back to the idea that this is the basis. Mm -hmm. And where that kind of comes up is we talk about this awesome idea in the evolutionary timeline of about 540 to 440 million years ago. A lot of scientists and people that I've worked with in the past all agree that there's this giant sudden explosion of life. It's called the Cambrian explosion. Hmm. And a lot of the main body forms that we see on the earth right now, um, everything from tetrapods, things with four limbs to uh, general aqueous sponge forms and other things that live on the bottom of the ocean, they all suddenly just pop into existence. And a lot of people take a second and look at it and they look at the evidence that's there and they say, this doesn't make sense. Per evolutionary ideas, we should only have gradual existence mm. of forms, not everything showing up at once. And we watched this awesome uh, documentary called Darwin's Dilemma, which talks about how Darwin couldn't reconcile this mm -hmm. in his ideas on the origin of uh, species. Mm -hmm. And where this kind of all comes together is we see these scientists inside the video or watching grapple with these big ideas and we turn it back in the class and say, you know, what do you guys think? Mm -hmm. And I have one child who stands up. Well, I don't even know it's perfect to call them children. Anymore, <laughs> yeah. Unless they're one teenagers. Student. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have one student raised their hand really calmly and said, you know, I think what they're really trying to get at is something that the Lord's already solved. Hmm. Aren't they just seeing it backwards? Hmm. I was like, what do you mean by that? Dig a little deeper with me. And they go, well, they're talking about a theory of intelligent design, how something orderly must have created everything. Why don't they just call it God? Hmm. And there's just a beautiful moment where the kids all of a sudden all say, yeah, this that makes sense. Why don't they just call it God? Yeah. Because there's just such overwhelming evidence everywhere in the world and what we get to explore in biology. So that's kind of a big basis where yeah. we kind of started. That is really, that is really cool. And to have it be out of, out of their mouth to say, doesn't that, doesn't this just fit? Doesn't this just already make sense? No. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, you mentioned that Darwin couldn't reconcile this idea of this, the Cam the Cambrian explosion. Cam Cambrian explosion. What has that idea developed over time, or is that an idea that has been around for a long time? So the ideas of the Cambrian explosion start with the exploration of the Burgess Shale, which is a shale up in northern Canada around Quebec, where they unearthed a bunch of fossils that were uplifted over tectonic movement through theoretically millions of years. Um, and a lot of evolutionary theory and scientists will say, hey, um, this is clear evidence that at some point we had to make the transition from microbes mm -hmm. to large life forms. Mm -hmm. And if you think about the proposed ideas of evolution, evolution the way that it's defined in Darwin's eyes, he says that it's just descent with modification. Mm -hmm. So the process of one organism turning into another per his theory should be slow mm -hmm. and gradual. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the evolutionary timeline of what he proposes, these forms should come to existence over the course of a billion, maybe two billion years. Mm -hmm. But there's no evidence of them around the world. All of their fossils all at once show up right on the dot about 541 to five, 440 million years ago. Hmm. And in terms of the way that evolutionary mechanisms should work, that doesn't line up. Mm -hmm. And so Darwin specifically writes in one of his articles, he says... If this were to hold up, my ideas of evolution basically have no basis. Hmm. And um, I think that's a beautiful thing because the students themselves are the ones who came up and said, 
doesn't that counteract his own point? Mm-hmm. I was like, yes, yes, it does. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> that is so, that's so interesting. And so when you're talking with the students, clearly, even among Christians, there are very differing views. Yeah. Um, and I, I would say Bible-believing Christians yeah. have very differing views. Do you guys dive into that conversation and kind of walk through this is an interpretation of scripture. This is an interpretation of scripture. This is an interpretation. Like, do you talk, have that yeah. conversation? I think that really comes around first day when we're talking through the big ideas of evolutionary thought and reconciling what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. We go into the idea of, well, hey, what is our idea of time? How is this defined in the sense of the Lord? And mm-hmm. several students, I'll, well, let's back this up. I'll stand up front and propose the idea and say, what do you guys think? And then I'll just stay quiet. Mm-hmm. I'll just sit there and stare. <laughs> um, eventually what ends up happening, some students will start raising their hands and say, well, you know, maybe God's time is not our time. And then some students will say, well, maybe it is a literal interpretation. Maybe that well, it really was just, you know, mm-hmm. hey, this is 6,000 years and then we're all here. Or maybe it was 6 billion years and we're all here. And they themselves can start to kind of identify and interpret what they really can see mm-hmm. inside of the data and then also inside of the general ideas that are out there. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of the class, they always ask, Mr. Morgan, what do you believe? Yeah. <laughs> and I look at them very calmly and I tell them, you won't know. Because, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I, I, you know, in, in terms of science, so often it's not our job to tell people what to think. Mm-hmm. It's our job so often, especially in our department, to say, hey, here's the beauty of God's creation mm-hmm. and the natural laws that we see in it. And mm-hmm. I want you to come to your own interpretations, mm-hmm. especially back rooted in Scripture. And as long as you're doing yeah. that, I think you're golden. Yeah. So often in um, the classes, if we take the the lens and the framework, our worldview, if you will, that mm-hmm. everything is of God for God created by him. What does it matter what our personal beliefs are if we understand that central basis? Mm-hmm. You know, And not to say that personal convictions are not important. They are. Right. But at the same time, if... I love to use the room analogy. I've talked talk to you about this before, <laughs> yeah. where if two people are sitting in the exact same room and the room itself is our views on Christianity and my curtains are purple and someone else's curtains are green. If that's the only minute difference, it's still the same room. Mm-hmm. And the room in this case would be the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Right. And you know, that's kind of our central premise that we're going to preach through. And if everything points to his glory in creation, we could go wherever we want in the classroom and circle back around to him. Yeah. Because we know that's the unmovable basis that we right. have. Right. And I think that's just beautiful. Yeah. Especially, you mean, going back into terms of science again, there's these big ideas with uh, the most common proof citing that the earth is not 6,000 years old in terms of the scientific communities is uh, radiocarbon dating. Radiocarbon mm-hmm. dating takes an isotope of carbon that mm-hmm. exists in the atmosphere called C12 um, with that carbon molecule. So often it'll decay at certain half rates over time. If we can measure the amount of decay and the original time frame when we think something is around, we can date it relatively mm-hmm. accurately. This method falls apart after 40,000 years. Mm-hmm. We can't date anything past that because there's literally no carbon left to detect. Mm-hmm. Now, there's newer methods because this was really popular 10 to 20 years ago. We use uranium dating a lot now, which this method can only go back 5,000, oh, excuse me, 500,000 years. Okay. Which... 
is exciting to think that, wow, there's more proof to say that the earth might be really old. But at the same point, knowing this new evidence and these new types of facts that Mm -hmm. can kind of shake up a core belief, does that mean that our original beliefs are wrong? Mm -hmm. I think it just brings more beauty to them Mm -hmm. and elaborates on creation as a whole. Mm -hmm. And I hope I hope that's what the kids are getting from us. <laughs> we we love to quote so often that see how he takes care of the wildflowers mm-hmm. and the little birds of the field, and how much more is he going to take care of us if we just give love back to him? And if there's anything I could really give to the students beyond any form of knowledge, it would just be an appreciation and love for the creation that God has given us. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming and chatting for a little bit. Yeah, of course. Love this. If you ever want me again, I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation we had with Mr. Morgan. Our hope and our prayer for our students in each classroom is that they see Christ at work in each subject. And as you know, ultimately, our prayer is that our students would be equipped to flourish in the modern world by finding their identity in Christ. We'll see you next week.